Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. Culture Club. Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon. It is drive time with Elliot Danka, Timothy Go, and Chua Tian Tian. Time now for Culture Club. Uh, Tim, do you ever put exercise as one of your New Year resolutions? Nope. <laughs> The only form of exercise I do now, and this is what I, I'm listening to my doctor's <laughs> advice, of course, is yes. that to take more public transport because it gives you the excuse to walk. Okay. You know, when you're changing trains or getting to the bus stop and walking home. Other than that, I'm very lazy. You are. I exercise my right to lie down. Okay. It's going to be a challenge for our <laughs> guests then. Uh, we are putting the wellness industry in the spotlight with, uh, you know, you've got these wild innovations in group fitness, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, to things like at-home tech fitness revolution. If you look at the fitness landscape, it's slowly transforming because of new age tech. Yeah. And the technology part of it is what interests me in this one. Because mm. if you can do it at home without having to leave, maybe I will take another look at getting back into shape. Let's find out more from Ryan Hogan. He's the CEO of Les Mills Asia Pacific joining us this hour. Hi, Ryan. Hey, good afternoon. How are you? We're good. We're good. So tell us about this digital aspect of fitness in this day and age. What is this all about? Well, obviously, you know, all of us have spent a lot of time at home over the last few years, fortunately coming out of that now. And, you know, digital fitness went from something that was a small kind of niche sort of thing into very mainstream, you know, the, the events of 2020 and 2021 really catapulted digital fitness or at-home fitness into mainstream. So yeah, it's been quite the ride. So how do you define what digital fitness is? Because earlier I was talking about, you know, is it an app, you press a button, you participate and you get fit, but that's not what it is, right? Oh, I mean, there's many, many facets of digital fitness now, right? I mean, there's pre-recorded content that you would do at home on your own. You would also might do like a live stream, you know, a live yeah. gym class or a oh. workout with your instructor from the gym at home. You might also, you know, there's apps like, I don't know, you would have seen it mirror where, you know, a teacher might be teaching you from New York and you're Mm. doing it in Singapore. I mean, there's many, many different facets these days. Oh, this is all live. They can see you. I mean, obviously you can see them if you're paying for it, but can they see what you're doing? Yeah, I mean, they can see you and however many hundred other people are on the workout at the same time. So, yeah, that is definitely possible. Yeah, Mm. definitely. You have to put in the work, Tim. (laughs) <laughs> it's not I, can't, I can't just sit down and watch other people no, work no. out. No. Yeah, you can, but that would defeat the purpose, wouldn't it? Yeah. Ryan, how do you guys at Les Mills use these digital innovations then? And tell us a little bit about your presence in Singapore and around the region. Yeah, yeah. So look, at Les Mills, we've been creating exercise class content for, for you know, more than 25 years. In fact, we talk about 50 years, but really mm-hmm. the content business has been around for 25 years. And Digital fitness has been a really, really critical part of our evolution over the last five years. We've been uh, distributing our classes and our content through gyms like, you know, mainstream gyms in Singapore and across Southeast Asia for the better part of 15 to 20 years. But the last few years have really seen this huge explosion in digital fitness, which has been really, really exciting to get our content out there into more people more often. It's been really, really cool. Yeah, really cool. So what are the benefits of doing digital fitness then, Ryan? Because... For many of us, you know, getting fit means getting to the gym, hiring a fitness instructor or going to those classes, right? Which is yeah, time yeah. consuming, especially uh, look, I for think busy that, people. That, totally, totally, totally. And I think you've just nailed it right there. I just want to start by saying nothing is going to beat the experience of a good group workout in a gym with a world-class instructor such as someone who's trained with us, right? Nothing's going to replicate that. Mm -hmm. But what you've nailed is the concept of convenience, right? You know, the the fact of digital fitness offers convenience. And if you can access 
you know, a class or a workout from the convenience of your home or when you're on holidays or wherever you are, that's what it offers you. So it, really what it does is it takes away all those excuses that you were talking about earlier, <laughs> which I think is really cool. <laughs> can, how far can this go when you talk digital? And by how far, I'm starting to exaggerate. I don't know if I'm exaggerating. If I were to mention things like the metaverse. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, that's a really good question. So we've been trialing an app. So one of our signature programs, I should say, so within the Les Mills universe, we have uh, a series of programs. People, you know, Some of your listeners would know them. Body Pump, Body Combat, you know, they're very, very famous. Mm-hmm. And we created an app in the Oculus universe, a Body Combat app in the Oculus universe. And it's been fabulously successful. In fact, it was the most downloaded and most well-voted fitness app in the Oculus hemisphere over the last 12 months. So you know, that's where we're heading, right? You know, VR, you know, AI is the way of the future. So we're certainly, you know, tapping into that market and making it more exciting for more people. And I think I think one thing I'll say about that is what was super exciting is through the Oculus game, we've attracted people that typically wouldn't have gone to the gyms. You know, we've got gamers. We've got people that, you know, sit in their basement and play games all day. And all of a sudden they're trying an exercise class online. So yeah, super, super exciting. I mean, the future is really, really exciting. I mean, I'm super excited. Yeah, I can hear that, Ryan. And you brought up a good point that during the pandemic, when people were at home, they were doing a lot of these fitness uh, on their own at home or with their family or whoever they're living with. And we get into the case of that company in America, Peloton, for example, which grew really big during the pandemic. Is there a future, though, for this moving forward? Because what we saw after the pandemic, when everyone started going out again, the Peloton craze kind of plateaued. Yeah, I mean, look, I think, you know, like like many things that happened during the pandemic, when all of our lives were, you know, turned upside down, and we had to really, I hate to use this word, but where we had to pivot into something, into doing things differently, mm-hmm. you know, they, they, that, those growth levels were just impossible to maintain. And I think that's what happened to Peloton. When all of a sudden we couldn't go to the gym, there was hundreds of millions of people, mm-hmm. if not more than that, who wanted to exercise at home. So, you know, companies like Peloton and like ourselves, you know, we did our digital business did really, really well through the pandemic. You know, that makes sense. Are those growth levels? sustainable long term? No. But what our research tells us, and we, we um, at Les Mills, you know, we're a global business. We've got, you know, partners all around the world. We, we tend to do these research pieces. And last year we did a piece of research and we asked consumers, what is, you know, now that you're coming out of pandemic, what is your, what do your habits look like? And almost universally, everyone said, look, we are going to go back to live experiences in the gym, but we also want to keep exercising at home. So it just changes pre-pandemic. I had to exercise at home all the time. That was the only place I could, sorry, I had to go to the gym to get my exercise. Then during the pandemic, I could only exercise at home. So now in the future, we have this sort of blended thing, a bit like work, right? Like you know, work is unlike if you go back yeah. to Monday to Friday, yeah. you know, Monday to Friday, nine to five. Well, same with fitness, right? It's not going to go back Monday to Friday at the gym. So we think there's a really, really big future. We just got a bit of time to go to figure out where it'll land. Does the potential of a global recession put a spanner in the works? I mean, people tend to look at these things as extra cost. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I've been, I've been fortunate to work in the fitness industry for over 20 years now. And I've been through a couple of recessions. And you'd be oh, okay. surprised. Okay. Fitness, fitness is pretty recession-proof. I mean, I, oh. I was around in 2008 and 2009. Wow. And you know what people give up? People give up spending $150 to go to the movies. Or they give up their holiday to Bali. Or they give up their, you know, they don't upgrade their car next year mm. using a Western angle. But, you know, the gym, when it's $20 a week or $25 a week or a couple hundred dollars a month, they tend to keep on, they tend to keep hold of it because wow. health becomes a priority, right? Mm-hmm. You know, health becomes a priority and, and realistically, a gym membership and, you know, at, at however many, you know, $100 a month or a couple hundred dollars a month, you can go every day if you want and be entertained and do world-class <laughs> workouts. 
if you want to just sit, you know, walk really slowly on the treadmill and watch TV, you can do that too. Yeah. You know, I feel very optimistic about the fitness industry. You know, I really, really do. But maybe I'm biased, but I feel <laughs> It's a good point you brought up there, Ryan, because it coincidentally, my last gym membership ended during the 2008-2009 economic <laughs> downturn and I never went back to renew it. So, oh, well, we have to change. We have to change that, don't we? I mean, yeah, I mean you'll have to send you know, me a message afterwards. And we'll hook you up oh, yeah. <laughs> no, but what what I wanted to get at, uh, so since you brought this up, is that you've been in in the fitness industry for a long time. How have you seen this evolve? The fitness oh, industry, my gosh. because there are people like me so who drop much. off the radar, but it seems like what yeah. you're saying is that people continue their gym memberships. Oh, oh totally, totally. Well, I think if, if uh, and you know, for your listeners and for yourselves, you know. If you turn the clock back 20 years, you pretty much had one model of fitness, right? You would go to a big gym mm-hmm. and they would have, you know, with a cardio floor lights. and they would have, yep, and they would have, yeah, with neon lights, yeah. They would have, uh, you know, a cardio floor, a big weights room and a, and, a, and a group fitness room. I mean, and you would, you sort of did cardio or you did weights and maybe a little bit of flexibility and that was kind of it. Nowadays, you can get whatever you want. You know, the, the, uh, the availability of options is just so enormous, right, from, group training to group fitness to pole dancing to yoga to Pilates, mm-hmm. you know, there's just so much more available. So, you know, it's just people's patterns have shifted slightly mm-hmm. and there's just so much more options. It's a bit like the, like the food scene or the hospitality right. scene, right? right? You know, that's changed completely over the last 20 years and so has fitness. Yeah. So yeah, you know, people, people's habits have shifted and people's habits have changed. But what's fundamental is that people want to be healthy and people want to exercise. And, you know, we're there for those people. So it's yeah. great. They yeah. also want that experience. Like, I guess as a society, we kind of get bored too easily these days. That is true. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So, Ryan, with all of this in mind, how do you see the business model of a gym changing in the future? You know, what, what kind of trends should we look out for here? What we're seeing out there is, you know, people want experiences, right? And they want good experiences and people want community, you know, and especially after being cooped up at home uh, for for a couple of years. And I know Singapore had it tougher than many, you know, being being, being cooped up at home. You know, people are craving that sense of community and, and craving that sense of second place, right? You know, you've got home and you've got work and or third place, I should say, where where is that third place? Mm. And so the facilities that are able to foster community and that are able to manage if you go to a gym and you feel like you belong, chances are you're not going to leave. And in fact, a friend of mine has this great expression. No one ever left the gym because they had too many friends, right? Mm-hmm. So if you, can, if you can create that sense of community and that sense of belonging, then actually the exercise is almost the byproduct. A bit like sometimes going to dinner and the food can be the byproduct if you've got great company. Yeah. I think there's a lot of opportunity for gyms and for the, you know, the fitness industry to really capitalize on that sense of community and that sense of belonging. And not to mention, you know, post-pandemic, health and, you know, well-being has never been more important and never been more critical on people's minds. So, you know, the pandemic, you know, the healthy and fit were not as effective as others. So, you know, now's the time to really be focusing on it. That's why I think we've got such a rosy future. Does Maybe a gym, sort of optimist, does a gym need to be Instagrammable? Because if I didn't post it on Instagram, it didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You're asking the wrong guy because I'm at the wrong age group. I'm at the wrong age group to care about what's on Instagram. But I would say that if you're Instagrammable, you probably you probably are more marketable to the generation below me. Yes, yes. I would say it certainly can't hurt. It certainly can't hurt. Put it that way. Fair enough. We've been speaking with Ryan Hogan, who's the CEO of Les Mills Asia Pacific. Appreciate your time, Ryan. Have a great weekend ahead. Thank you very much. Really appreciate it. Nice to talk to you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg 
or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.